0: You are listening to a new episode of the Game Players Podcast. My name's John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey everybody, this week we're talking about a console you should pick up, games that you should play on
1: it, and all this for under $150 in this week's Starter Kit Showdown. Are you
0: sure that's the uh, intro you want? You want to retake it? <laughs> no, no, we're, we're gonna get, we're gonna stick with this one, Ryan. <laughs> I only, I only say that because Ryan broke down into a Master Roshi, old man, uh, in his first take. Was, I'm, I'm losing it already. Yeah, it was great. This is episode number two today that we're recording. This one, you'll, you'll hear it at some point in time. Today being February 6th, and who knows when you'll hear it. So today we're talking
1: SNES starter kit showdown. As always, we are starting with the second console. In a lineup.
0: You know, I don't know why. I, I think the thing was that... We did Genesis. That's what it was. So we did Genesis. We did Genesis. And then somehow you thought that that's how we had to do them from moving forward. Because well,
1: we did release the PlayStation 1s
0: in order, but we did record the PS2
1: one first.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. That That's why it was funny. You're like, oh yeah, we always do it this way. I'm like, I only did it once, but okay, we'll stick with the non-tradition tradition. So it, it, surprisingly,
1: we were both like, wow, I can't believe we haven't talked... SNES I mean like we did I feel like we've done more of these than we have but really it's just been like some Game Boy stuff and some PlayStation stuff for the most part yeah so we still have a lot more of this to go through but yeah we're talking Super Nintendo I mean I think of all the consoles we're going to go through this is the one that for me sparks the most this was video games like Propulsion into like the super mainstream. Well, this is what we grew up on. But like getting like a a console this powerful in your house for you know a reasonable uh, amount of money, and it had such longevity to it. I mean, we'll talk about all of this a little bit, but I mean, just to start us off, um, the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, we're going to be talking about the North America stuff because that's where we're located. So the U.S. launch price was $199. Came out August 23rd, 1991, with a five-game strong lineup. You had F-Zero, Gradius
0: III, Pilot Wings, SimCity, and Super Mario World. I am going to point out rate of inflation. The Super Nintendo, if released around now, would be about 400 bucks. Okay, well. sounded a lot more reasonable earlier. Yeah, I was just like, I'm like, (laughs) I need to look this up because you're like, reasonable. I'm like, well, I mean, we were paying like. Well, so $400,
1: okay, so $199, reasonable when you consider that some games that were coming out then were coming out for like $100. Oh, I know.
0: And that's so, what's insane when you figure out the inflation cost. You're like, holy
1: crap. It's crazy. This is one of those other things that I feel like younger people and like it gets lost in a lot of the conversation nowadays of like rising prices to $70 games. Like back in the back in these days was before, like I feel like right after the Super Nintendo, games kind of hit a standard. Like I don't remember PlayStation games being wildly differently priced. I think they're like forty and fifty bucks,
0: but they weren't like somewhere ninety dollars and some were no fifty dollars. No, nothing like that. I mean, we get that nowadays with the collector's editions, but and we'll go into our time with the console here. But uh, yeah, definitely part of the the overall story here, right? The right or the rate of inflation and where games were back then compared to where they are now, and we you all. Know have I mean, and we could probably talk about this some well, more if we did more research, but like when
1: this came out, this was like the item like this was the Christmas rush. everybody needed to have the Super Nintendo when it came out it was it was everywhere I mean, you had like this whole legacy that it it started to really build up in the culture of like you know hardcore home console gaming and having these like really like I don't know there's there's just something that was such a step up for the Super Nintendo from yep. the NES for me that it really
0: was like this is the real video games hmm we'll go finish up your uh, your history here and then we'll we'll kind of jump into some of our experiences what we thought I mean about. that's
1: yeah so I mean the the launch date launch lineup that's, that's mostly what I got there
0: okay nothing else all right. Well, let's talk about a little bit, I guess let's dive into our time of our consoles when we were growing up. So uh, I, I can kick this one off Go really ahead. quick. So my experiences initially started with the NES and then uh, playing the NES, and I've talked about this in the past, but then Super Nintendo was then given to me for Christmas uh, years later. Um, so Do you it's have fun- any idea when? What's that?
1: Do you remember any idea hmm, when?
0: 94 probably. Okay. I think that's when I got it because I was going to be a little too young to... Play it beforehand, but '94 I got it. Uh, my first title. It was actually the um, the All Stars box, is what I got. I don't think I have that box anymore. No, I definitely don't. But I got the Donkey Kong box nowadays, <laughs> which is pretty cool. But yeah, I had the All Stars box, which had uh, the All Stars plus World pack in uh, as part of that, and that's what I played a lot of. But you know, during that time period, my parents didn't know anything about the M-rated games or whatever, so we ended up getting like Mortal Kombat 3 Ultimate. Around, I don't know if it was like around the same time frame, 94, 95, because I'm not looking at the date it was released. But I remember that being one of our key titles we got on a Christmas. My brother and I were playing a lot of Mortal Kombat. And I would get upset when he would uppercut me only and just uppercut constantly. (laughs) That's all he did. Pissed me off every time. Uh, We had picked up the Donkey Kong games, the Donkey Kong Country 3. We got Top Gear that same Christmas. A lot of great games that came out. And so I do remember... Uh, as we would go to like Toys R Us and find games, it was always, you know, for people that are not old enough, I guess you would walk into Toys R Us. And at least mine was like this. They just had rows of like pictures of the games and slips where you took the slip to a back counter and they had like all the boxes in the back of the games and then you would hand them a slip and they'd come bring you a full box game out. Uh and that's how it worked. And so you had all your price points were kind of like up front and it would say if there was any copies left and that's just really how they maintained inventory and and kept track of like how many copies they had on, you know, available. Um uh, but yeah, games were expensive. So I mean, I remember seeing games for 65, 75 back then. Uh some at 44. dollars. It just was all over the place. And it was always an interesting experience cuz like yeah, you know, it's, it's still like, you know how you get those memories that you can remember a lot of things and then some things are like just kind of bits and pieces. So it's just, it's always interesting to kind of keep that key memory in my head of like walking through like the Toys R Us aisle of just like basically plastic slips holding sleeves and pictures of a game boxes. Like it's just a pretty unique thing to kind of look back at. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we did a lot of uh, Donkey Kong. We played a lot of Top Gear. Um, We didn't really dive into things like Zelda and Final Fantasy or um, any of those types of titles back then. We actually weren't really big into RPGs, my brother and I, so we just played a lot of platforming, uh, played a lot of fighting games and a lot of racing games. And then um, our cousins had a lot of games as well that they would play. So I got into things like uh, Super Black Bass and... um, a couple other games that I picked up over the years it was like this mech game where you just kind of like went around as a mech and like shot things. We played a lot of sports games together like that NHL, PA, All-Stars, Wayne Gretzky. That's my original title. Um, so played that for years and years. Actually, no, it's not my original title. I rented that one. I want to say I bought it, but I don't recall. So it might be one that I picked up down the road. But that was an original title I played. And... Um, Yeah, dude. It was just it's a blast when you think back on the nostalgia aspects of that and like what got you into gaming. Like this is what got me into gaming. So I'm really stoked about this episode in general.
1: Yeah, I mean this was my first console. I had this since like almost my earliest memories. Like I played Donkey Kong with my dad. I played Mario World with my mom. I think we had a golf game too. And like those are the only games that I ever really remember owning. Like, the Super Nintendo, like, of all the games I remember, is probably the console that I did the most, like, blockbustering with over the years. Like, always remember as a young kid going to blockbuster and renting something different and and trying something out, like Turtles in Time, Arrow the Acrobat, this, that, or the other. Like, you know, there was um, so many great times of, like, I remember going to the kid up the street and he taught us how to get to like Star Road and stuff. Like this was the age of like playground secrets and, and, you know, it just seemed like games could do anything and take you anywhere. Like th- th- this is what people who liked reading books felt like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was a, a
1: magical age. Like I, I was trying to do the math on it. I think I must've gotten this cause my parents wouldn't have been like a day one buyer of this by any stretch so i'm thinking that they probably got it in like 93 or so so i was probably like four or five when i got this eventually
0: yeah i might have been around that age too actually and i mean I
1: got it you know so many good memories so many awesome games so many uh you know going over to a friend's house and seeing what they have and then you know borrowing games and stuff going to games or Go to GameStop is where the story ends. Uh, because GameStop, you know, I think I was in like junior high or maybe like sixth grade or something. Yeah. Dude, I sold every childhood memory I ever had to GameStop. And I regret it so much to this day. Like the amount of the amount of money that they made off of us and then turned around and sold to other people who, in retrospect have a way more of a profit now than GameStop ever made off of flipping those back in the day yeah. to savvy people. Like, man, I I wish I could go back and stop me from piecemealing out my childhood.
0: Well, I kind of feel the same in regards to, because I didn't really piecemeal out my childhood. I've never really sold games uh, ever. So, unless it's like extras. Uh, I remember going into GameStops and seeing Super Nintendo games for dirt cheap. Yep. And I never picked them up because I was playing PS2 and PS1 stuff. So, why? You know, they still were selling Super Nintendo games at a very heavy discount during the PS2 era. And I just never jumped on them. Like, I could have bought Final Fantasy games for like 10 bucks a pop back then. I just never did. So, it is what it is. I mean, live and learn. And nowadays, you know, if I see titles that are kind of older, you know, I'll generally pick them up. Yeah. You know, but it is what it is.
1: You know, I... I think the Super Nintendo for me is probably like the most iconic. Mm -hmm. Like, Like if I think about a video game, like I think about a Super Nintendo cart, you know, like the physicality of it, like the shape of it, the look of it, the, you know, just the little peak wraparound sticker on top so that as you shelve them, you can still tell what they are. Like there's so much that went into, you know, the like video games in general like of all the history of everything that's been put into video games for this to be the one that really leaps out and and builds that brand like not even just for me like obviously we grew up with it but I want to say that like in general the public still probably looks back to that the same way that I think that like when most people think about like a generic car they probably think about like you know like a mid 90s sedan yeah you know more so cuz it's just kind of like that's the period where like you know you would have seen in the news like oh nintendo you know it mm-hmm. was it was everywhere at the time like as big as video games are now and how much marketing is behind them like people don't feel for that in the same way like now i think it's more about like the games themselves than the consoles. Like, the last console war really wasn't, like, too huge. Like, people aren't really arguing about, like, you know, is the Xbox, is the PS5 now that it's out. Yeah. Obviously, when they were still not out, it's all we could freaking talk about, and I was over mm-hmm.
0: it. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I don't, I don't really have too much else to, to talk about in regard to, like, my history of the console. Standout but, titles. Uh, but, yeah, up titles would be something I, I'd want to talk about. And I think for me, standout titles are, of course, the Donkey Kong franchise, country franchise. That's, um, like, your
1: mainstay favorite series.
0: Yeah, I mean, I got so much Donkey Kong crap in my house. It's ridiculous. So, Donkey Kong, uh, Bomberman, Super Bomberman was a lot of fun back then. Um, I, Zelda wasn't standout for me. I mean, it's a standout title now, but it wasn't standout for me back then. Top Gear franchise, I really wish it would bring back Top Gear. The music for that game is phenomenal. I love that game. Uh, so I would say Top Gear. Um, I still need to buy Top Gear 2. Jurassic Park. Me too. Standout I title. I
1: just was watching uh F It Beer Bros. They did a playthrough of the Jurassic Park game, and it's like such a... Poorly designed game, but I, I remember it so well.
0: I want to, you know what? I actually want to replay that. That's a game I should replay. It was hard too. I, well, back then it was. Yeah. Um, let's see. Another standout. That was a one me. renter for me because I could not figure it out as a kid. Yeah. There
1: were always, like, this was the age of games before, you know, the internet technology and me being old enough to do any of that kind of stuff. Like, if you got a game and it was just Nintendo hard and you didn't know what to do, mm-hmm. that was it.
0: You just didn't rent that game again. That was just a bad game. At that exactly. Point. I would say that the Mario All Stars Plus World Pack, and you know, I know almost every single game on there except World is uh, going to be NES, but of course it was an SNES release to get all of those out yeah. there. So for me, it was lost levels was obviously a big one. I liked the play, of course, beat that down the road. Uh, Mario 3 was always fun, especially the flutes. And that was one of those like playground type situations yeah. where it's like, oh, if you duck here and you do this, you can go get the flute type of thing. Uh, so that was always fun. And then, of course, world is phenomenal. I have beat world. God knows how many times already. Same with like Donkey Kong Country 3 and Country 2. Um, Country one I didn't play as much. Uh, so, I mean, that that's really, like, you know, those key standout titles for me uh, growing up. And there's tons more. You know, you got Earthbound and Chrono Trigger and the Final Fantasy titles and Zelda, of course. So, tons and tons of standout titles in that console. Um, and a lot of underrated games, too, that have gone to, like, stupid prices as of late uh, that were released on the console as well uh, that I haven't mentioned here. What about you? Uh, so... Like
1: I said, I I didn't really have, like, a lot of games that I owned. It was mostly, like, rentals and stuff. So, I mean, Donkey Kong Country 1, Super Mario World. Um, I really remember Turtles in Time was one that I rented a bunch. Um, Gosh. Mario Kart, I never had, but, you know, somebody else always had Mario Kart. (laughs) Um Gosh, I, I, I think a lot of stuff like I was going through the list trying to build out the games and I was looking at, you know, some of the games that we've played since and um, thinking about like the Super Nintendo Classic. I mean, we've talked about that a whole bunch of times and it's like, you know, I never played like the Kirby games. I never played Zelda. I never played Super Metroid or any of that stuff back in the day. And they're so much more accessible now in, you know, illegal ways that are very, very easy to access. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I mean, Super Nintendo is that console for most people that's... It's got to be the most emulated, I would imagine. You know, they're so easy to just pick up and play these games that are really designed for everybody. And there's something out there for everybody. Um I think that, like, more of the standout titles to me are things that I didn't even play as a kid. Like, I really liked playing through Link's Awakening. Uh, I really liked playing through Super Metroid, you know. Those were, like, fun games to to play. And even, um, gosh, you know, Star Fox 2 we looked at and we determined, like, you know, this would have been, like, are really pushing the edge of the Super Nintendo but like I'm glad that it didn't come out and it led to Star Fox 64 and said like there's um, the Final Fantasy games, Chrono Trigger, things that I still haven't touched that I really need to play. You know, there's so much on this one console that I feel like, you know, like if if you could only pick one console to have
0: I think this would be the one that a lot of people would choose. Oh, 100%. This would be the one that I would choose above anything else. Uh, Any consoles come out, I would would choose Super Nintendo. Um, You know, it's kind of getting me thinking here, like, after I beat my new game's resolutions, I, of course, got a couple here. I got to play still a couple games to finish. But I kind of want to dive into some Super Nintendo games and just play some of them through and just re-experience that because it's been a long time since I've actually, like, Boot it up just to play I guess Captain Commando is one, but like boot it up to like play some of those older titles that I enjoyed. So um, as far as our Starter kit show is concerned, usually I uh, I'm the one that kind of jumps in on starts this one, so I'll I'll do so here. Um, so looking at price charting, I mean, obviously your mileage can vary here as far as the price of the console itself is concerned. They have it at 5765 for a loose console, which would include cables and controller and all that good stuff. Uh, you said you found something on eBay for 50 bucks. Um, you could probably find one locally for 40 to 50 bucks as well. It just depends on where you're looking really. Uh, so that's the normal console. I'm not looking at the mini. Uh, For bad, I think the mini is usually a little bit more. That the junior, yeah, the junior size one that's kind of got like the weird design that came out years later. Um, so yeah, but uh, to go through my list, uh, first on here is of course Donkey Kong Country 3, uh, priced at $30, and there's a lot of hate around this game sometimes. Uh, there's a lot of people who say number two is better, and that number three is not even you know close to it. Well, I say proof's in the pudding on the price point, because number two is 25 bucks and this one's 30 uh, But dude, this is just such a fun game. Like Being able to find all the banana birds, and I've, I've probably talked about Donkey Kong Country 3 so many times, but the various level designs are fantastic. The bonus levels were a ton of fun, well above what they were on Donkey Kong Country 2. Uh, the interaction with the animals and the different animals that you get in this one were a lot cooler, I felt. Um, you also had uh, secret levels that you could find uh, through some of the uh, various boats and whatnot that you create along your way. Um, the bears, so working with the bears and getting bear coins and unlocking things through them uh, was always a lot of fun. There's the entire like lost world uh, that's like extremely difficult, uh, but it's still a blast to play. And then there's, of course, the giant banana bird, when you get 103%, because you found all banana birds. Oh, 103%. Yeah. Yeah, 103% completion. So it's a phenomenal game. Uh, The music is above and beyond any other title, I feel, uh, as far as the Donkey Kong franchise is concerned. Uh, I love every single song on that uh, that game. And the interactions between uh, Kitty Kong and Dixie Kong are just great, dude. And then the two-player uh, compatibility as well, like being able to play with multiple players is a lot of fun. Um, my brother and I used to do that all the time, and just complete our levels and, you know, just kind of muster our way through. Uh, that was always a blast. So, uh, that's the uh, first one that was. That's of course my most standout title. But the next one is Top Gear, eleven seventy-five for a loose copy. And Top Gear was given to me by my uncle, one Christmas. I don't know if it was the same Christmas I got the Super Nintendo or the Christmas after. But Top Gear, again, music is fantastic. My brother and I played that one a lot in two-player mode. Uh, we played, the, uh, of course, the career or arcade mode as well and had a blast playing that game. If you have not played Top Gear, it is, in my opinion, one of the best racers uh, during that era. Next for me is an oddball. Uh, Super Black Bass. And actually, I just realized I picked the you wrong one. You put the one. DS one on I here? I did. So I looked it up. There's actually... That'll bring us closer
1: in line. Okay. With our pricing. Okay. Because John took John took the more expensive
0: console. So this'll put us just like two dollars different instead of seven. So what is Super Black Bass on Super Nintendo going for?
1: Uh seventeen, I think is what it says. Really?
0: Okay, so I'm gonna be over. Uh so if I did pick Donkey Kong Country two to put a Donkey Kong, it would actually put me at about right at one fifty or so. But Super Black Bass for me and I'm surprised that game is Oh, going- it's fourteen. Fourteen. I'm surprised that game's going for that much, actually, to be honest um but super black bass for me uh my cousin played that one a lot and it's just one of those games that it's it's casual you can kind of sit back you can take your boat and get your different fishing rods and go out into various lakes and different weather conditions and such and different lures and uh all of course trying to catch certain types of fish this one being bass and i think there's other types of fish you can catch as well uh but I used to play, some, play this game with my cousin all the time. And then at some point, I just ended up picking it up myself because I enjoyed it that much. And yeah, I mean, we would I would have this game. So we You had, need to do a fishing game. Have we ever played a fishing game? No, and there's quite a bit. I Actually, I own quite a bit. So this one, at some point in time, my brother and I think we had two Super Nintendo consoles. So we had like one at my grandma's and then one at mine or at our normal house. And so this game would actually sit at my grandma's and that's what I would play. I would just play like Super Black Bass. And just going to grandma's for fishing. That's all I would do. After school, I play some super black bass and it was a ton of fun. Um, so you said fourteen bucks on that one, so I'm gonna be over to one sixty, but if I you know take off the seven. Yeah.
1: You you're about three bucks over,
0: you're fine. Yeah, exactly. So I win,
1: anyways, so
0: (laughs) So the next one I have is NBA Live ninety five. Uh dude, this was I think this is actually historically one of the best NBA games that was actually produced on the console outside of uh, NBA Jam. So I love sports games. I don't know. I'm just a sucker for it. Uh, but this game was always a blast. My brother, my brother hates sports games and he played this game with me. Uh, so we would play NBA live all the time and uh, used to play as, you know, the team I would play as, um, all, you know, every single game and go through to standard career mode with, not career mode, but, you know, the franchise mode. And uh, the Bulls were in that game. Uh, we'll say I played with the Bulls. Uh, Who so, did you play? I'm not going to say where I used to live on the podcast and divulge more info about myself. Mm so we'll say i played with chicago so i played with chicago and i did actually because john's jordan. so secretive yeah
1: yeah. heaven forbid anybody knows that he works for the cia
0: <laughs> don't spill my secrets ryan i'll put the taliban on you uh so <laughs> so yeah nba live i used to i used to play chicago though because of michael jordan uh so we would play that one a lot and it's Just a great sports game. I mean, it really is. Like There's some shoddy things about it, just like any game back then. Uh, But it was a very fluid, easy-to-play game. Why is it only $4? I don't know, but it's worth it. It's a sports game, dude. Sports games are always cheap. For the most part. It's worth playing. You know, I have it, I think. So it's a play.
1: dollar cheaper than Super Black Bass. There's got to be something wrong. Well, I guess that's a DS Black it's Bass It's a DS game. Black
0: Bass, yeah. There's got to be something wrong. It's no. $10 cheaper than Super Black Bass. That's even worse. Super Black Bass is a good game, dude. Uh, so that was always a fun game. Um, the other stand title of mine was the Super Mario All-Stars and Super Mario World. So the uh, the combo pack there, twenty nine eighty five on that one. Uh, so you were getting uh, five games for the price of one in this one yep phenomenal pack i mean you got lost levels you got mario one through three and then of course you've got super mario world all of them are fantastic games except two and uh it, look we've talked mario for years everybody that listens to us has probably played every yeah, mario game we, as well we've talked this opinion. i don't think there's anything else that needs to be said it's you know fantastic game it was the first game i ever got actually on the super nintendo and uh it is still my original copy that i have here same with Donkey Kong Country Three original copy, and then uh, the other game I have here is uh, Porky Pig's Haunted Holiday. You and I have actually played this game. Yes, we have, and I like this game. It is eleven ninety nine for this title, and I think it is totally worth it at that price. Uh, it's platforming with Porky Pig, and you pick up cupcakes, and you have spiders and all these other things that you got to kill, and all these crazy like haunted levels, and uh, it is. It's just a different experience than a lot of like there's not many games that are tied to like Looney Tunes or like Animaniacs or anything like that that I would say, go out and buy it right now. This is one that I would say, go out and buy it. Uh, It's just a blast. So my brother and I actually rented this one uh, from a blockbuster and we probably rented it two weeks in a row, got to the very end. We couldn't beat it. Because uh, we had no idea what we were doing. We were little kids without access to the internet. And none of our friends were playing this game either. So when it got to the final, final area, it was like, we have no idea what we're doing. Can't beat it. So we never did finish it. Um, so we pulled Orion uh, back during like 90, 96, 97, whenever this game came out. And um, yeah, I mean, that, that is what it is. And then down the road, it came across... Uh, at the game shop I was working at, we were gonna sell it for like three or four bucks, and I had thirty percent off, so I picked it up and added it to the collection. So, yeah. uh, all in all, though, my list—if we uh, remove the seven, add the ten—we're at like one fifty-three ten, is what I'm at. If Perfect. I go with Donkey Kong Country two, I'm actually under by two dollars, but we're gonna stick a three because that is a superior Donkey Kong.
1: So, John, that is a decent list, I suppose. Some people may think that those games are worth the money. However, I have a much better alternative list here for our listeners who want to spend 150 hard-earned American dollars on some classic nostalgia.
0: What about Canadian dollars? Or North America?
1: Well, they're gonna need some more. (laughs) Loonies and Toonies go cheap. But, uh, for not very much money, you can get a little piece of Canada's treasure in Alex Trebek. Uh, I have here on my first title for 5:39 dollars a loose copy of Jeopardy for the Super <laughs> Nintendo. That's awesome. <laughs> I, um, I was trying real hard to get... You know, I like to have a spread of different genres of game. And I was looking at puzzle games and like... I've never heard anybody talk about Tetris 2. So I was like, maybe there's a reason for that. So I left that off the list. And then I was looking at Pack Attack. And Pack Attack's just a little bit more expensive... Than what I had money left over for. So I was like looking for a puzzle game. That would be cheap that I could fill with. But I couldn't find anything. And I was like you know what. I know the Grumps have fun going back and playing some Jeopardy. Like who wouldn't want to see Jeopardy from 1990x. You know. This would probably be worth $5 of fun. For you and somebody else. Uh, Next up. Launch title for the game. I was actually looking for a shmup. I was looking at Super R Type, uh, but Gradius 3 was a launch title. It's got really good reviews. People dig it. Uh, It was just a couple dollars cheaper. I think that, you know, it was strong enough to launch the console, it's strong enough to carry it home. Um, RPGs was the hardest thing to find uh, because they're so expensive. There's so many RPGs on here, and it just happens to be that, like, almost all of them are legends. Uh, so they're all very expensive. Uh, for a while when I was building this list, I had Dungeons and Dragons Eye of the Beholder on here. It's like a first person, uh, western style RPG. Uh, that's got really good reviews. Uh, I know that there was like a GBA remake that a friend of mine played. Um, this was not really super working and I wanted something a little bit better. So I found Tales of Fantasia, loose for 23.47. This is actually gonna be my most expensive title on here. I'm a big fan of the later Tales games. I did try playing one from PS1 a little bit, but I mean, this game has decent enough reviews of all of the very expensive Super Nintendo RPGs out there, this is the least expensive of them. And you'd probably be able to get your RPG satisfaction, at least for a starter kit. You know, like, if you really want to invest 70 bucks in buying one of those better games, by all means, do it. You probably could have gone with Draken. I, I don't even know Dragon.
0: 3D role-playing game.
1: Yeah, like, there's, like, I was looking at, like, there's, I was like, is there, like...
0: Dragon Quest, no, those are expensive. Romancing Saga, those are expensive. I guess you're looking for more like that JRPG type of I was player. looking for like a JRPG, yeah. Yeah, Draken is kind of JRPG-ish and not really at the same time, but that's 10 bucks loose. You could have saved some money, right? Hmm. Next up, uh, a game that John knows all too well, Wayne Gretzky and the
1: NHLPA All-Stars. You liked getting your ass beat that much you added it to your list? I, I needed a sports game, and I know nothing about Super Nintendo Racing games. So that's usually where I go for my sports, but in this case, this is one that I actually played. I know that you love it and would love to see it on here. And for you know seven bucks a hockey game, that's not bad. You got the game deflator spike. I see. (laughs) Uh, Next up, I know. Well, it was like four something when we did it. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Uh, Next up, F Zero. Uh, Racing. Yeah, there's there's just no way I could fit Mario Kart on here because it's like thirty five bucks or something. It was just going to be too expensive. So F-Zero, people are always clamoring for new F-Zero titles. So I figure throwing that on here is good. Um, after that, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. There are so many Street Fighter 2 versions. But this is the version that I hear talked about the most. And it was like right in the middle. Like Street Fighter 2 Alpha was m- more and Street Fighter 2 was less. I it was like, I'll go, you know, 2 Turbo. Why not? That's $15.74. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it. F-Zero 15 And then I feel like I screwed up here, John. Hmm. I put Super Mario All-Stars on here, which is $20.38. I did not realize that there was a Super Mario All-Stars Plus World pack. Yeah. So technically that has no Super Nintendo games on it, right? But it was a Super Nintendo release, so I'll give it to you. So I can I can do a switchy thing here too. So I could swap that out for just straight Super Mario World. Okay. And lose the $7 and comparably be price-wise with you
0: on console. Technically, or you keep this one and then the folks get four games for the price of one game. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I mean either way you want to either way you want to go with it, it's a good deal. So that's going to put me at uh 150 and 68 cents or Right around there too, if you want to swap that out for Mario, because it Super Mario World is like thirteen bucks or twelve bucks.
0: I gotta say, I uh, I like your list. I think it's a pretty good one. You know what we? Did I tried to
1: grab a little bit of everything. There's just so much that's so unaffordable when you're trying to spend only a hundred dollars on games.
0: Well, it depends on like what you want to do, right? So, like if I took out Donkey Kong Country Three, for example, I would probably honestly add something like Jurassic Park on here. And maybe like the Super Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Because those are two great games that I've always enjoyed as well. So there's like some room where you can kind of finagle here to, to pick other titles. Like instead of Super Mario All-Stars Plus World, just select World. Save the extra little bit of change and then put it towards another game. So, you know, I think when you when you start digging into Super Nintendo, it's got such a great library and such a wide variety of different game styles or types. It's uh, it, You can totally mix this up. And, and jump. Like, I think I've got what? Uh, between all of us, I've got one, two, I've got three platformers, a racing game, a fishing game, and a sports game. If you don't like sports and you don't like racing, shit, put that together and you've got 15 bucks to put towards like an RPG. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the other thing that
1: you can do with this is like, there's so many supplemental ways to get Super Nintendo games. I mean, obviously, the Super Nintendo Classic, if you can find one, is a great thing. Uh, I mean, even on the Switch, they've got their Super Nintendo games that you've got access to if you have, you know, the subscription service. So there's lots of ways to play a lot of games. If you wanted to become a collector for Super Nintendo, you don't have to buy all those games that you can already play elsewhere. You could spend your money buying, you know, other more obscure things or other, you know, things that you don't have that access to on those platforms and, you know, really
0: build up a very unique collection. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, let us know, of course, on uh, those awesome podcast application comments, uh, what you think about both our collections. See uh, which one of us actually uh, took the title as best collecting on a budget um, list. Uh, you could also let us know on social media on Twitter at game deflators and on Instagram, Facebook at the game deflators. And of course you can find us on the Ryan, any final thoughts here before we conclude our episode? Um, no, I love the super Nintendo. That was a final thought. You said, no, you lied to the people. Yes. Yeah. Uh, put Ryan on, I don't know. Put him blast. On, the stake. Put yeah. me on blast. Put him on blast. There you go. All right. Well, I love the super Nintendo as well. Definitely one of the best consoles ever created. Uh, but this has been a new episode of the Game Inflators Podcast. My name's John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening.